You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's Sunday episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by Locked On NBA and the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs are almost here. Don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Happy Sunday, happy weekend, happy end of the regular season for the Timberwolves and I guess the entire NBA as we get ready to kick off the playoffs. Today's show is the postgame pod from Wolves Celtics on Saturday, which was the Saturday matinee game. And then uh, we'll, I mean, quick peek, I guess, super quick peek at tonight's game. Uh, Wolves Mavs, which is the regular season finale, we'll have a podcast that will post late tonight, early Monday, which is the postgame pod for the final game of the season. And uh, it's still going to be a packed, a packed week. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to look at here um, post-regular season from a Timberwolves perspective. So it's going to be a busy week around the NBA and also here at Lockdown Wolves. So today's show is the post-game pod. We'll hit uh, game flow here off the top. We'll hit key takeaways and then also individual studs and duds, as we always do. Before we get into all that, though, a quick reminder that you can follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple, of course, as well as Google, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and uh, really anywhere you can get podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. It's at LockedOnTWolves, don't forget the T. And also my Twitter account is at BBeacon. That's BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, let's talk game flow from Wolf Celtics. There actually isn't much to say about this. This was nearly a wire-to-wire win for Boston. I, the Wolves led, I think, like 7 nothing to start the game. And then Boston took control, and this thing was never really within single digits. I mean, the Wolves had a little bit of a blip late in the third quarter when they pushed this pushed the game to within, uh, I guess they were within like 14 at the end of the, 14 or 15 at the end of the third. That's really as close as it got after Boston surged ahead by, uh, by 15-plus early in the second quarter. This was not a very good game for the Timberwolves. Um, as mentioned, the Wolves had the Wolves had a great start. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a great start. Both teams were scoreless for the first minute and a half or so of the game. And then the Wolves scored the first seven of the contest. And it was a lot of Carl Anthony Towns early. And, and really, Carl Anthony Towns was the only player in this game for Minnesota that was, um, you know, you could look back at it and say, oh, he had a really strong game. And even he had his issues. Uh, this was the first game, in, and, and I'm going to, I'll find the stat. It's like, what no, I think we were up to almost 90 games in a row when Towns had hit at least one three-pointer, and he did not make a three in this game. Um, he was 0 for 5 from 3. But at any rate, he went out with foul trouble midway through the first quarter, and that was kind of, if we're going to point to one moment, and you know, which is kind of crazy in a game that the Celtics led nearly wire to wire, but if we're going to say this was the moment, it's when Towns picked up that second foul because Boston extended their lead when Cat went off the floor. And then even really the rest of the game, when, when, when Towns was on the floor, it's not like the Wolves had a had a good game by any stretch of the imagination, but they really struggled with him off the floor. Um, and Boston just kind of surged ahead. It was double figures. You know, they were up, uh, what, 11 at the end of the first quarter. They had a strong start to the second quarter. And Minnesota really never, never made this thing interesting. Um, Ant had a quiet game. He ended up getting his numbers, but he was quiet early. He was terrible from outside the arc, as was the rest of the Wolves team. D'Angelo Russell had a very poor game outside of a nasty dunk. I think it was second quarter. 
he uh and and I guess by now it, it wasn't a nasty dunk. It was a good dunk. It was a solid dunk, a highlight reel dunk, mostly because Delo never dunks it. And he kind of threw it down on Luke Cornett. It was it was, you know, almost not quite a poster, but close. Ball barely got over the rim. But I think it was more the the surprise element of it um that was so impressive. But quiet game for Delo and quiet game for really everybody not named Towns and uh and to some extent Anthony Edwards. Nobody else scored more than 12 points in the game for the Wolves. And there really wasn't a flow to this game. It was just Boston took a double-digit lead. They extended it. The Wolves pushed back just a little in the third quarter. But by the time we got to the fourth, uh, Boston was ready to put it away. And and remember, the Celtics didn't really have anything. No, they literally didn't have anything to play for. Boston's been locked into that number seven spot, which is the, uh, you know, of course, still the play-in, the range for the play-in in the Eastern Conference. They After the game, they were still three games behind Miami, three games ahead of Charlotte, locked into the seven spot. So, there was no incentive for Boston in this one. And Minnesota just let, frankly, Boston's kind of fringy guys, rotation guys, have big games. I mean, Peyton Pritchard started the game hot, hit a bunch of, I think, all of his threes in the first quarter. Evan Fournier did his thing against the Timberwolves. He always kills the Timberwolves. Jason Tatum was fine, but he only played 26 minutes in this game. Luke Cornett had a strong game for them. Um, it was just kind of a, Kind of a, I mean, it was it was what you'd expect from a matinee game with two teams that have nothing to play for and disappointing effort from Minnesota. This was a game you'd like to see. I mean, Boston's been struggling lately. They were 500 coming into the game. I mean, they're a playoff team in the East, but they're 500, right? And the Timberwolves have been roughly 500 since the All Star break, um, or at least roughly 500 since Towns and Russell have both gotten on the court together since Delo came back. So it would have been nice to see the Wolves compete a little bit more in this game. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. So. Um, Next, I want to hit key takeaways. There's a couple. I mean, there's a couple things we can point to that that led to the Wolves struggling as much as they did in this one. Um, so that's what we'll do next. First, though, uh, let's talk about our friends at Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk key takeaways from this game. Uh, number one, the Timberwolves' three-point shooting was absolutely brutal. The first half of this game, the Wolves made two three-pointers. Two of 17, that's 11.8% in the first half. For the game, not much better. Five of 37 for the game. Five of 37 for the game, 13.5%. I mean, both teams were playing an afternoon game, right? I mean, we've seen this throughout the year and, and really every year. Matinees are often rough on the offense, but... I mean, Boston shot 42.9% from deep. The Wolves were at home, slept in their own beds, had a night off. It wasn't a back-to-back. Shot 13.5% from three. Towns was 0-5. D'Lo was 0-5. 
Jalen Noel came into the game, was a one of four. Wancho was one of four. Ant was one of nine from three. Timberwolves starters combined to shoot one of 22 from beyond the three-point line. One of 22. That's not good. That was the biggest issue for the Wolves in this game, and obviously allowing the Celtics to shoot 43% from three. Uh, obviously, that wasn't great, and Boston scored 124 points in this game and had, had what, uh, two quarters, 35-plus, had three quarters, 29-plus in this game. Um, so the three-point three disparity, I guess, is probably the best way to say it. The Wolves' lack of three-point makes on offense, and and really, well, I'll get to the—I guess this is my next point, so I'll, I'll stick with this. Um, the lack of three-point offense from the Wolves and the inability to stop the Celtics from making threes, so the three-point defense was brutal in this game. And that's something that's been kind of up and down for the Wolves, and on some level, that's fluky. The Celtics hit a couple of tough shots, but mostly the Wolves were just bad defensively. My second key takeaway is the lack of continuity with the Wolves' offense, and we've seen this at times this year, certainly with Ryan Saunders as coach, and less often with Chris Finch as coach. But the Wolves get into these these uh, these ruts where the offense just has no flow to it. And the Celtics aren't a great defensive team. I mean, they're pretty middle of the pack, and and this is not a depleted Celtics team, but it's not a full-strength Celtics team by any stretch. And again, one with not much to play for at all, really nothing to play for. And the Wolves scored 108 points, which is is fine, but the offense did not have continuity. It was basically Towns in the post was the only way the Wolves could score. D'Lo wasn't making shots in the mid-range. He airballed a couple of mid-range jumpers. Um, Ant wasn't consistently getting into the paint with regularity. Uh, Nas Reed struggled in his minutes at the five, backing up Towns. I mean, he had a ton of paint misses, and uh, Towns, outside of Towns, on the low block, where he was very good in this game, the Wolves just did not have an offensive attack, and it really turned into kind of a drive-and-kick game. It turned into a, um, you know, a lot of drive-and-kick opportunities that that led to misses. Obviously, the Wolves shot 12% from three in this game, which is still just boggles the mind when I say that. Um, the the drive-and-kick thing did not, did not work because they weren't making shots. And it was also a lot of just stagnant offense. Dump the ball into Towns. You know, D'Lo had some post touches in the first half. Uh, and and it's fine. I mean, like, obviously running the offense through Towns is great. But if you're making twos and the other team's making threes, then suddenly this looks like, I don't know, like uh, like Tom, well, I guess less Tom Thibodeau's teams. Maybe the 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 Tibbs-Brian Saunders year where Tibbs got fired, where there was a lot more of that. Or, um, you know, even before, before Tibbs, when it was just, you know, trying to trying to combat threes with twos in the Sam Mitchell and, and Flip Saunders years, right? That's what this felt like at times. And and it wasn't it it wasn't for any reason other than the Wolves weren't making threes and the Celtics were. And uh, you know, Towns on his post touches was relatively effective. It's just at some point you can't combat threes with twos. And and that was a clearly a big issue in this game. Another thing, once again, offensive rebounds, I mean the Celtics only had nine but um, a lot of those came early in the game, and it's what helped them build their lead. I mean, they had four in the second, or excuse me, the first quarter alone. They had five in the first half, and Boston built that lead. the The four first quarter offensive rebounds were a big part of them building that double digit lead. There were some a couple of good defensive possessions by the Wolves that led to stops. Um, you know, desperation heaves by the Celtics. I shouldn't say a lot. There weren't that many good defensive possessions by the Wolves, but there were a couple that then the Celtics cleaned it up with an offensive rebound and a putback, and, and those are just backbreakers. Um, so rebounding, again, was an issue. You look at the game as a whole, and the Wolves were actually a plus seven on the glass for the game in terms of total rebounds, but it was, again, the second-chance opportunities early in the game were a big issue, and, and the Wolves grabbed a ridiculous number of offensive rebounds because they shot the ball so terribly, right? I mean, 
the Wolves got up the same number of shots as the Celtics, but they scored, but they scored at 16 less points. So there were just simply more rebounds available. And the Wolves got a bunch of offensive rebounds, basically missing in the paint and getting their own rebounds. Towns had six. Nasreed had five offensive rebounds and uh, Jared Vanderbilt had four. So those three players combined for 15 offensive rebounds, but it's not like the Wolves uh, truly dominated the glass or certainly didn't dominate in terms of uh, shooting percentage in the paint that those were issues for the wolves in this one. Um, the last thing to point to in terms of key takeaways is uh is perimeter defense once again. And there's just a, there's just a lack of it for the wolves. I mean, Josh Okogie hasn't been getting the same number of minutes he did earlier this year because he's been so poor off poor offensively. And he drew some fouls in this game, but only was three of six at the line. And, and uh, Chris Finch has been, more than willing to try and stick Jaden McDaniels and, and Jared Vanderbilt in the uh, defensive stopper role and reduce Josh Akogi's minutes. I'd be curious to see what the Wolves do this offseason. If Akogi is somebody that could get moved with a year left of, of uh, I guess, team control, if we want to call it that, on his rookie deal, uh, perhaps Josh Akogi is a player that's that's moved. Chris Finch seems less interested in putting him in the rotation. My guess is, and this is just speculation, that once Malik Beasley's back, Finch is thinking they can make do with with Beasley in the rotation, maybe Jalen Noel, and uh, probably bringing somebody in and then giving Jared Vanderbilt and, and Jade McDaniels most of the tough assignments. The Wolves are going to need at least one other guy, and maybe it's Anthony Edwards that steps up to be able to guard um, you know, the twos and threes that uh, that make, are going to be more challenging for McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt to truly play individual defense on on the perimeter. Uh, certainly tough for Vanderbilt to do that. But Akogi is, has struggled enough offensively that it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Wolves moved on from him this offseason. And, uh, and and I think his reduction in minutes might might tip Chris Finch's hand a little bit in terms of what he thinks of him moving forward. Um, Again, I think the biggest key takeaway here is the Wolves just didn't look like they were into it, ready to play, et cetera. And once they started missing shots early, this was this thing. It was pretty obvious they weren't going to make a a true uh, a true run at any point in this game to try and win. And the foul trouble to Towns certainly contributed to that. The the just horrendous shooting from outside the arc contributed to that in a big way. Uh, but just an all around disappointing game for the Timberwolves, uh, to be sure. I do still want to do individual studs and duds. There were a couple of solid performances and and many. Uh, not great performances that I want to talk about. And then we'll peek ahead here in the last segment to Wolves Mavs on Sunday night, the regular season finale and the, I guess the overall season finale for the Timberwolves, but at, at the Mavericks, of course, getting ready for the playoffs to kick off this week. So uh, that's what we're going to do next here on the show. First though, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's now in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and of course, all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in the NBA and NHL. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Mine of the nine delicious flavors right now. This week has been a lot of salted caramel. I got some of the mini bars and the mint brownie and also the uh, the chocolate chip cookie dough one um, or the chocolate chip cookie chunk or chocolate chunk cookie dough, I think it is. Fantastic coconut, anything with coconut, the coconut, coconut almond, the dark chocolate coconut chunk, brownie chunk ones. Um, 
anything with coconut, anything with caramel, they're they're fantastic. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can still get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. That's the best way to try them out. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, as well as only four grams of sugar and four grams net carbs. Order today and get whatever flavor you're looking for. Again, try that mix box. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, let's talk um, individual studs and duds from this game. From the Timberwolves' perspective, easily the best player on the floor is Carl Anthony Towns, and, and he still struggled from deep, but he was really good in the post. I mean, this was uh, this was kind of like old-school cat in terms of the number of post touches, and obviously the Wolves have tried to run more through him uh, more so in the high post under Chris Finch, of course, running him at the elbow extended, free throw and extended uh, high post, mid post action. But he played a little bit more on the low post in this game and was nine of 14 on two point attempts and played a little bit of uh, of, of volleyball down low with some missed tip tip ins and rebounds. And you know, he got fouled a little bit in the paint, which was nice to see, especially early in the game and was, uh, you know, nine of 14 overall on two point attempts. Pulled down 14 rebounds, six of them offensive rebounds, six of seven at the free throw line. But he was 0-5 outside the arc. Um, obviously, that was the biggest issue for both Towns and the Wolves as a whole in this game. But Cat had 24 points, 14 rebounds, two assists. He did have three turnovers. He got into foul trouble early, only ended up with three fouls, but two of them were early in the first quarter, and it was it was damaging to the Wolves' chances to win the game. Um, you know, I don't know if this game plays out any differently just because uh, Minnesota struggled so much from the perimeter shooting the ball throughout the game and also obviously defensively, but it would have given the Wolves a better chance to play if Cat had stayed on the floor in the first quarter when the, when the game was still really in the balance. Um, and it was a single-digit deficit when he hit, he hit the bench with the two fouls. But still, he was the best player on the floor for the Wolves, and it really wasn't close. Second stud for me in this one is, is Anthony Edwards. I mean, you look at the efficiency, and it wasn't, it wasn't there. I mean, one of nine on three-point attempts, but he still scored 23 points on 18 shots. And that's... That's okay, right? I mean, and then also look at the other stuff he did. Six assists, four rebounds, three steals, only two turnovers. I mean, that that line, 23, 6, 4, and 3 with only two turnovers, isn't awful. I mean, you, again, the three-point shooting is really the only thing that was an issue. He shot the ball 7 of 9 inside the arc in this game. 7 of 9 inside the arc, 1 of 9 outside the arc. And when he was aggressive going to the paint, and again, we're not seeing him shoot a high volume of mid-range jumpers. This is being aggressive, bowling guys over. He played bully ball a couple of times in this game and knocked guys backwards, knocked Fournier backwards a couple of times. And uh, with six of six at the free throw line, you'd like to see him attempt a couple more free throws and make a couple more threes. But again, if if a couple of those threes go down, we're looking at a 30-point game on on 18 shots. And that's a completely different thing. So, I mean, you could make the argument that grand scheme of things, this was, this was one of his better games of, I mean, I don't know, I guess you can't really say that anymore. He's consistently playing really well. Um, Edwards is, and, and it's, it's becoming more and more obvious that this second half of the season, Anthony Edwards combination of playing more with towns, playing with D'Angelo Russell, playing more with actual starting caliber NBA players being in the starting lineup combined with him growing as an NBA player and getting more games and minutes under his belt at the NBA level. This is real. This isn't just like the Andrew Wiggins blip on the radar improvement that happened every other year where he'd have like three weeks and it's like, oh, shoot, maybe he can be an all-star. This is real from Anthony Edwards. I mean, this has now been an extended period of time that he's played much better basketball and, and his shot selection is still really the only thing. And remember, he's 19. So, well, and also defensively, I should say on offense, the shot selection, because he can make threes. 
You look at his catch-and-shoot numbers, they're fine. They're league average-ish, maybe a little below. His pull-up numbers aren't great, and, and that's what he's got to do. He's got he's to reduce the number of pull-up jumpers he's taking, especially beyond the arc. Um, and, and that would improve his efficiency by, you know, significantly. Um, and if he practices those pull-up three-pointers in the offseason, obviously if he gets if he becomes D'Angelo Russell on pull-up threes, then we're looking at a at a already a superstar and a guy who could lead the league in scoring. Honestly, I mean he shoots enough of them. If he makes two more a game, then then I mean he's a he's a threat to lead the league in scoring. Honestly, when he when he joins the starting lineup full time next year, um, as he has the second part of this year. So another good game from Ant um, to be sure. A third, a third uh, stud for me in this one is difficult to come by. Um, there's really nobody else. I mean, Nas put up some numbers, but he wasn't very efficient off the bench, and he did some of that damage when the game was mostly uh, put away. I mean, the Wolves didn't get within single figures at any point. They did get within 12 in the fourth quarter, uh, but that was the Wolves actually were trying some things. That was Towns wasn't even on the floor for most of that. Jake Lehman got into the game and actually played fairly well, uh, but didn't do enough to be to be you know named a stud for this game. I'm just going to go with two. I, I can't even name another one. D'Lo did not have a good game. Um, I mean, actually, speaking of, let's get let's get to the duds in this game. I'm going to give one to D'Angelo Russell. He ended up only playing 24 minutes because this thing got mostly out of hand. 11.6 assists, 3 of 10 shooting, 0 of 5 outside the arc. And uh, the Wolves aren't going to win with D'Lo having six assists and three turnovers and only shooting 30% from the field. They just aren't. He had the nice dunk. Uh, but there's not much else to say, especially early in the game. First quarter, he missed a bunch of shots early as the Celtics were kind of figuring their stuff out on offense. D'Lo was one of six in the first quarter and, uh, and you know, shot, what, two of four the rest of the game. So one of six in the first quarter for D'Lo um, and got off to a poor start. So he he is in the, the dud category. Ricky Rubio is another one. Four points, four rebounds, three assists. They need more out of, out of Rubio. Two of six shooting, missed both of his three-point attempts. So he's a dud in this one as well. And then Juancho Hernan Gomez again, also falls in that category, led the bench in minutes with 20, but only made one shot, one of six shooting, one of four outside the arc, four rebounds in 20 minutes, and uh, nothing in the assist steal block category. So a tough game from Wancho again, only three points. And after having a couple weeks where he looked really good, Wancho struggled again of late and just hasn't had any consistency this season at all, uh, which has been really disappointing. So kind of across the board, this side of Towns and Edwards, this was a disappointing game for the Timberwolves. Disappointing effort, disappointing shooting, terrible defense. Um, and again, the the blip in the third, late third, early fourth, where the Wolves did get to within twelve points. That was, that was nice. Um, it was nice that they showed some pushback, some life. That the guys who did see the floor, um, you know, did did have some success. Curious to see what the Wolves do minutes wise. Um, this game never got like I, you know, I already I said early on this thing was never really in question. The Celtics were going to win. But it was also never like a 25, 30 point lead. It was just kind of hung in that 15 to 20 ish point deficit range. And because of that, the Wolves didn't completely, you know, keep their guys off, uh, didn't completely only play bench guys. But you had everyone that saw the floor played at least 10 minutes and everyone but Ed Davis played. Uh, nobody played more than 34 minutes. And outside of Anthony Edwards, nobody played more than 27. So this was. I, this wasn't a, a tank move by Chris Finch. I think this was as much a back-to-back, first night of a back-to-back to end the season. You know, why push it? Why would we play Cat, you know, all these heavy minutes, et cetera? So I'm not going to say that it was tanking, but we're going to, you have to factor in that there's nothing to play for. The Wolves are on a back-to-back, et cetera. So I'll be curious to see what the minutes distribution looks like on Sunday night against Dallas. And if uh, if we end up seeing, um, 
I don't know, heavier minutes at all from the starters? Or I'm sure it's going to partly depend on the game flow and what this thing looks like uh, if it is a close game. Uh, Dallas doesn't really have anything to play for either. Um, They're already locked into a playoff spot. And I guess if they lose and Portland wins their last game, Dallas could still end up tied. And I don't know who has the tiebreaker. So I guess they could still fall to sixth. But right now they're in the fifth spot in the West. Um, So it's in their best interest to win and to keep some momentum going to the playoffs, certainly. Um, But it's they're not it's not a knockout drag out situation where Dallas needs to like win to get in or anything like that. And they've played extremely well of late. Uh, They've won two in a row. They've won uh, six out of their last seven games. So I think we can expect Dallas to try and, and keep some momentum headed into the playoffs. The last time the Wolves and Mavs played was, uh, let's see, about six weeks ago, almost seven weeks ago. It was late March, March 24th to be exact. The Wolves lost by 20 to Dallas. That was at Target Center, and and this was a Wolves team. Cat was back at that point, but D'Angelo Russell was out. Malik Beasley missed that game as well, um, and the Wolves were not super competitive. Um, that was a game where it was close at halftime, I should, I should say. They were that the Wolves... The Wolves were competitive early in this game, but Dallas kind of put the pedal to the metal. Luka Doncic took over in the third quarter in this one, and um, and there was a lot of... Also, Chris Depp's Porzingis had a solid game the last time these teams played, and the Wolves got 29 points from Anthony Edwards. They got 22-6-5 from Carl Anthony Towns, but struggled offensively 31% from three, and Dallas, again, dominated the third quarter and put this game away pretty easy going to the fourth. Um, so, without knowing exactly... And this is a late Sunday game. Uh, I know the NBA was initially concerned about teams playing late on Saturday and Sunday of, of the final weekend of the season, potentially looking to tank, et cetera. The Wolves aren't doing that. Um, I, you know, we don't know what the rotation will look like. They're not going to actively lose this game. Dallas has Dallas doesn't want to lose the game. They want to keep some momentum. So I, we don't know exactly who's going to play what these rotations will look like. But Dallas continues to be obviously a tough matchup for Minnesota. The time when they played earlier this season, uh, back in February. That game was a lot closer. That was a game that the Wolves actually had a big fourth quarter comeback and made things interesting. That was when Carl Anthony Towns was still out. This was back in early February, and he was out uh, due to COVID-19 at the time. Dallas was still under 500. Remember, they got off to a terribly slow start to the season. So this is way back when Flip Son- excuse me, Ryan Saunders was still coaching the Timberwolves. Malik Beasley dropped 30 in that game on 21 shots, made six threes, had nine rebounds, six assists. And uh, D'Lo only played five games. He went out in the first after the first quarter with, uh, I believe it was the knee, and then he ended up getting the surgery shortly thereafter. So really no D'Lo in this game, only five minutes worth of D'Lo, and then no Carl Anthony Towns in this game. And the Wolves still put up uh, a really strong fight, um, at least late. The, the Wolves dropped 40, uh, what was it, 45 in the fourth quarter in this one. And, and made things interesting. Anthony Edwards also had 22 points. He was in the starting lineup at this point. Jalen Noel had 18 points off the bench. This was shortly after he joined the rotation. Um, and uh, it was competitive. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. It wouldn't surprise me if the Wolves came out with a strong effort and, and Dallas kind of, if things, if the Wolves come out strong, Dallas may kind of rest some guys leading into the playoffs. But but I also think that they're going to try and win to keep some of that momentum winning six of their last eight games. So we'll have a post-game podcast, the final one of the season. It's kind of, kind of sad. We'll have that late Sunday, early Monday. And later this week, I uh, want to get into, um, well, lots of season wrap-up stuff. We'll talk about the 
the the good and the bad of the season so far, or I should say the season as a whole as we wrap up the the regular season for the Wolves. Look ahead at the offseason. We'll get into some draft stuff here pretty soon, and then we'll also, uh, also give some thoughts on the NBA playoffs as they start later this week, how the playing games shake out, um, you know, some of the, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but some of the um, the conversations surrounding the idea of the play-in tournaments. Um, so talk about all that this week. There's plenty to cover on the show. So be sure if you're not already subscribed that you're subscribing and, and following to the show wherever you like to listen to podcasts. That includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's my Twitter account at B Beacon Two Bs Two Es C K E N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And uh, today's episode, a reminder, it was brought to you by the Lockdown NBA show. And uh, we're getting ready for the NBA playoffs over at Lockdown NBA. Don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Lockdown NBA podcast. So gear up for the playoffs with that show. You can follow Lockdown NBA on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves show today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.